it. This evening we're going to continue our series going through John's Gospel. We're now in John chapter 12 and verse 20. It would be great if you could open your Bibles again, page 1072, page 1072, John chapter 12, verse 20. Also in the very center of your bulletin, there's an outline that might help you to follow where we're going this evening. There's a lot in this text. Uh, we're not going to be able to go through all of it, but perhaps you would pray with me now that we will be able to see clearly some of the things that God has for us here. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we pray that you would grant us to see some of the treasures that you have stored up for us in this part of your word. And most particularly, we pray that you would use those truths to shape our hearts, to draw us closer to your Son and salvation and the assurance of faith in him. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, it was perhaps one of the most nerve-wracking few minutes of my life so far. It felt like it went on for hours. The examiner with his notepad sitting there, peering, me nervously trying to do everything right. But at the end, something happened which changed everything. At the end, he told me that I had passed my driving test. Second attempt. And from that moment, you see, the roads of Great Britain would never be safe again. Well, this evening, we will learn about another event that also changed everything forever, but one which is far more important and with far greater consequences than my driving test. We will hear about Jesus and particularly the importance of his death on the cross. And as we do, we're going to observe three things from our text. First, that Jesus came to draw all people to himself. Secondly, that many individuals will reject Jesus and not come to him, and we'll see a few reasons why. And third, we will see that his death brings eternal life to all who do come to him. First, Jesus came to draw all people to himself, and this is important to understand. you know why? Because we are not one of the 12 disciples. We're not even one of the Jews to whom he first came. We are of a people and of tribes far removed in space and time from Jesus. And perhaps we wonder, did Jesus really come for us? What has Jesus got to do with us? And if you are wondering that, then the very good news is that Jesus has got everything to do with us. For as he plainly says, verse 32, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. 
The occasion for this teaching was an event that kind of pictures this drawing all people to himself. Verse 20, it started with, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. And they said, sir, we would see Jesus. Do you see? These few Greeks have a tiny picture of what is about to happen on a massive scale. When Jesus is lifted up, he will draw not just these few Greeks, but a great multitude of people, so that one day in his kingdom he will be surrounded by a mass of people that no one can count, worshippers from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages including us here today, who he has drawn to himself. No matter what our nation or tribe or people or tongue, it's part of his plan, as he says. And I, when I am lifted up, will draw all people to myself. But what does he mean, lifted up from the earth? He means lifted up on the cross to die. Verse 33 ex explains this he said to indicate the kind of death that he was to die. And he compares it, verse 23, to a grain of wheat. A grain of wheat on its own says just that, a grain of wheat until it falls into the earth and dies. And then suddenly it grows up and it bears great fruit. Jesus is that grain that dies. And we, are part of that great fruit as he draws all people to himself, Gentiles as well as Jews, men as well as women, Malay as well as Iban and Chinese and everyone else. There is no nation or tribe or people or tongue which is missed out from his great plan of salvation, including yours. However, that does not mean that every single person from every single group will be drawn and come to Jesus. In fact, and this is our second point on the outline, many individuals will reject Jesus instead of come to him. Even one of his 12 disciples will end up rejecting him. And there are three reasons in our text that hint at why this sometimes happens. First reason, many will reject him instead of come to him because they love their lives. What does Jesus say? Verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Dear brothers and sisters, the lures of this world are toxic to coming to Jesus in true faith. The more we love our goods and our houses and our power and our health, the harder it does become to follow Jesus on a path through suffering into glory. As he says rightly at another time, it is harder for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And also as a side note, if someone is telling you that Jesus has come to give you all these things, to give you this great life now, to give you health and wealth and power and healing, 
then someone is telling you dangerous lies. Don't listen to them. The true Jesus didn't say that at all. The true Jesus calls us to hate our lives and follow the crucified one to glory. And we must. Verse 26, he says, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And then he promises that where I am, there my servant will be also. And if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So that's that first thing. Beware of loving your life in this world because many will end up rejecting Jesus because they love their lives. Second reason this text gives us for people failing to come to Jesus is that they love the glory that comes from man rather than the glory that comes from God. Our sinful, fallen hearts are, above all, desperately proud. We love the sinful glory that comes from other people. We so easily start to live for the praise of others. We seek, we covet their respect and their honor. Some of our biggest decisions seem to be made to save face. Is that not right? And if we're not careful, other people can take the place of Jesus in our lives. We can start living to please other people and not to please Jesus anymore. And even worse than this, as we start to seek to please others, it will pull us away from Jesus and following him. Perhaps we covet the, the approval of our boss and so we become willing to cheat our clients or, or twiddle with the figures. Or perhaps we want the glory and and the respect of our boyfriends or our girlfriends, and we become willing to do things that, that God doesn't allow us to do to achieve it. Or perhaps we covet honor and standing in our family, and so we become willing to take part in rituals of their other religion in order to maintain it. Or perhaps we willingly bend the truth, that is, we lie in order to make ourselves look better to our friends. But it's nothing new, is it? As verse 42 and 43 says, Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in Jesus, but for the fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. It's tragic, isn't it? For the sake of the glory of a place in this synagogue, they will not confess Jesus. They end up with a passing, fleeting honor that comes from man instead of the eternal honor of the Father in everlasting life. Looking at it that way, it's stupid, isn't it? Beware this temptation. Beware this sin because it will make a fool of us in the same way. And if perhaps today you realize that you have been living for the glory that comes from man, then stop and repent. Ask God for forgiveness of your sins and, and for his help to live the rest of your life to his glory and not for the glory that comes from others. For many will reject him because they love the glory that comes from men 
more than the glory that comes from God. The third of those reasons, though, is the worst of all. Many will reject Jesus because they have become hardened and spiritually blind. Becoming hardened and spiritually blind is something that happens to you if you keep on ignoring God and his word. And it happens like this. The devil always tells us this. The devil says, you can ignore God now. Go ahead and sin now because you will come back to him later and make it all okay. Do not listen to him. It is a dangerous trap. Because every time you choose to ignore God, you become a little less able to hear him next time. You drift a little bit further into the darkness. As you command your heart to ignore God, your heart hardens itself against ever hearing him again. And terrifyingly, in the end, we can end up in a state where his word no longer brings us repentance and faith. When we are in the darkness and no longer know where we are going. As an example, sometimes we see it in the West today. Not so much here, perhaps, but there are some who call themselves Christians but have hardened their hearts against what God clearly says about homosexual relationships. And what do you think happens when preachers lovingly but clearly call them to repentance? It is very rare that they will repent. Far more often, they just get more and more angry their hearts get more and more hardened, their eyes become more and more blind, and very often they will start to plan wicked schemes to make sure that no one ever speaks that truth to them again. And of course, this kind of temptation to wicked schemes is just what is happening in Jesus' day too, isn't it? We have these scheming, malicious Jews who want to destroy Jesus because they cannot abide the light of his truth. We see their hardened hearts here, verse 37 to 41. Have a little look with me. Verse 37, though Jesus had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. Why did they not believe? Verse 39, he says plainly, they could not believe. That's a big claim, isn't it? They could not believe. And he backs it up with two quotes from Isaiah. And I want us to see what's going on with those quotes. Isaiah was a prophet some 700 years before Christ. And he speaks particularly about the coming Christ, about his rejection and about his death. That first quote, verse 38, came from our Old Testament reading in Isaiah 53. It speaks of the fact that Jesus is rejected by those who have seen and heard of him, who has believed what he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. The second passage, however, comes from much earlier in Isaiah. It comes from the call of Isaiah, and I think Isaiah must have been very discouraged by his call, because when Isaiah was called to be a prophet, he was told from the beginning that no matter how much he preaches, the people will not repent. They would only become hardened and blind. Verse 40, Isaiah said, 
He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Why? This is such a hard word, isn't it? Why are they getting hardened instead of turning back in repentance? It's exactly what we just spoke about. Isaiah is a prophet who comes at the end of a very long line of prophets. Prophet after prophet has come and called the people to repent. But prophet after prophet has been largely ignored. In fact, the people have been ignoring God's word so much and so long that by the time of Isaiah, they cannot hear it any longer. His preaching just makes them more and more hostile to God and confirms their judgment. So bad it is, in fact, that when Jesus here, the Son of God himself, stands before their eyes and works many signs, they cannot and they do not believe. They do not turn and they are not healed. Dear brothers and sisters, make sure that that does not happen to you. As the psalm rightly says, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't end up like the man in the epistle reading. Do you remember him? He heard God's command to love his brother, but he hates his brother. And John says, he is in darkness. He walked in darkness. He knows not where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And many will fail to come to Jesus because they have become hardened and spiritually blind. And that's really, really tragic because, and this is our third and last big point, it's really, really tragic because it means missing out on the very, very wonderful benefits that come through the death of Christ. Because his death brings eternal life to all who trust in him. Now, we tell you this a lot, and by God's grace, we're going to continue to tell you this a lot because it is very, very important that you fully understand and trust in this. This is about Jesus, our substitute. This is what Isaiah is talking about in that first quote, our Old Testament reading, how Jesus dies on the cross as our substitute. Yes, they did not believe him. Yes, they despised him. Yes, they rejected him. But he still went ahead to die on the cross as our substitute. What does it mean to say that he is our substitute? It means that he gets what we deserve. See, dear brothers and sisters, our love of the life of this world, our pride our coveting of the glory that comes from man, our every wickedness, our sin, our ignoring and resisting God's word, all that we have done means that we deserve suffering and death and judgment at God's hands. But wonderfully, Jesus stepped forwards to face that awful suffering and death and judgment for us, our substitute in our place. But it would not be easy. Already, verse 27, he says, but my heart is troubled. Why is his heart troubled? Well, 
Isaiah has given us a glimpse. Do you remember what we heard from our Old Testament reading? Do you remember what he said after? Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? I remind you of some of it. It's on your sheet as well. Isaiah 53 and verse 4, he said that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. On him was a chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you see what Isaiah is saying happens to Jesus on the cross? There, our griefs and sorrows are on him. The punishment for our transgression pierces him. Our iniquities mean that he suffers, he is crushed. He bears our sins. He is the substitute for us. And that is exactly why he came. And here in John, that is exactly what he is determined to do. Verse 23, he says plainly, the hour has come. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. All the way through John's gospel, we have been hearing the hour is coming. The hour is coming. Now he says the hour has come. And again, he says, verse 28, for this purpose, I have come to this hour Father, glorify your name. Why glorify your name? Why the Son is glorified? Do you see what he's saying? His death is the highlight of his glory. The great glory of Christ amongst us is seen on the cross. We see his glory as the dying Son of God takes upon himself the judgment of the world. We see his glory as our substitute pays for our sin as he defeats the devil and saves us to be his forever. As he says, verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Make sure you understand this cross and trust it. So, dear brothers and sisters, what have we seen today and and what does it mean? First, we saw the big plan of Jesus. We saw that he will die, and when he does, he will draw all people to himself. And that means if you are here today and you are a person, then that's really good news. Come to him in faith confident that he came to draw you for eternity. Second, we've seen that there are things which may lead people to reject Jesus. And I hope we've realized we need to be aware of them. We need particularly to guard our hearts against anything that comes between us and Jesus, because there is, there is nothing that this world can offer that is worth more than being with him in the honor of the Father forever. And finally, we saw why he had to die. 
we saw he had to die as our substitute to take our sins upon himself on the cross, to suffer the punishment we deserve so that we can be forgiven, so that we who follow him will be where he is in the glory of the Father. So, dear brothers and sisters, whoever you are here today, wherever you come from, whatever your burdens, whatever you have done or whatever you did not do but know you should have done, whatever or whoever you have been living for, whatever other God you have been loving or serving, come to Jesus with confidence and follow him. For he came to die for you. He came to pay for your sins and draw you to himself. And he promises that now where he is, there also will his servants be. In the honor of the Father, forever and ever. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you and we praise you because in your great love you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to the suffering and death of the cross as our substitute, bearing our sins and our death and our judgment in our place. We thank you and we praise you that when we come to him, we have forgiveness and your promise that we will be where he is in glory forever. We pray, Father, if there are things in our hearts which stop us from drawing close and truly following him, that you would work by your spirit to cleanse our hearts, to give us a new heart and draw us to him. We pray also for our communities and for our nation that you would be working to draw all people amongst us to yourself, that many, many more will come to salvation in him, that we will see many of them on that last day gathered around the throne and the Lamb. We pray, Father, that you would help us too to be able to be faithful in speaking of him to others, that they too might come and follow him, that we with them might enter into your eternal honor. And Father, we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.